Thank you so much for joining us today for Declaration's online message. I'm Daniel, one of your pastors at Declaration. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We wanna know more about you and for you to know more about who we are. I wanna invite you to text CONNECT to 43000. You will receive a link to an online connection card. So do me a favor, fill it out. We wanna connect with you. Also, everyone's invited to attend our in-person worship services every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. at Snyder Elementary in Spring, Texas. Hey, check out this video of some upcoming events you don't want to miss. Hey, Declaration family, I'm Jess, and I want to take just a minute to fill you in on some things that you do not want to miss. So whether you're joining us online or in person, welcome to church. We have officially kicked off the annual Declaration Flood of Love Backpack Drive, and it's going on now through July 30th. This backpack drive ministers to 17 different schools in our community and several other ministry partners in our Grand Oaks feeder zone. We have an incredible opportunity to love on our neighbors and the families of Connor ISD through the gift of school supplies. Visit the Give Wall near the Connection Center, that big wall of backpacks, on your way out to find out more. Hey parents, in preparation for the new school year, our kids and student ministries are having their promotion weekend on August 6th. On this weekend, please drop off your student in their regular classroom, and then during the service, we will welcome them into their new class for the fall. If you have any questions, just talk to one of our awesome kids team members. 2 Corinthians 8-9 teaches us that generosity is a privilege. We are reminded that generosity sets the table for others to encounter and follow Jesus. To be a part of generosity here at Declaration, just pray. Ask the Lord what He would have you to give, and then just be obedient. There are a few ways that you can give through Declaration. You can text GIVE to 43000, you can visit declaration.org slash give, or you can drop your gift in a gift box at one of the response tables. Hey, if you're visiting for the first time, we want you to know that we consider you a part of the family, and we would love to get to know you. Do us a favor and text CONNECT to 43000 and fill out a connection card right on your phone. You can also scan the seat back in front of you or find a connection card at the response tables. All right, that's it. You can find more info about everything you heard today at declaration.org or the Connection Center in the lobby. Thanks for joining us in worship today. church it is going to be a great day we have had such an amazing week this past week at 220 i know the peak week had an incredible week as well god moving in supernatural ways you're going to hear some testimonies i'm sure maybe you already have but i have the privilege and the honor of introducing to you Jordan Trapp, our youth pastor, don't clap yet, but we want to clap for him in just a second, but we just want to honor Jordan. He's got such a heart for God. He's got such a heart for people, and he's got a heart for generations, and I'm going to tell you, your students are in great hands, and you are in for a treat this morning as we have student takeover today, and we are welcoming our student pastor, Jordan Trapp. Now clap. Come on, everybody, give him a good welcome. All right, all right, man. Has it been an awesome week? It's been a very tiring week, has it not, y'all? 
Yeah, and all the leaders said amen. Hey, real fast, if you are fifth and sixth, we are going to dismiss you from service over to this direction. We are so glad that you're here. Are we not doing that today? We are canceling that. Yeah, scratch that. Already messed up here within 30 seconds. Good job, Jordan. Anyways, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to give a rundown summary of camp, man. Um, so many great things, so many great moments, so many times that we felt like the Lord really moved in our students' life. But I'll say this, to just kind of give you a, a real quick cap on the whole week. So day one, we had eight of our students rededicated to the Lord, and we as leaders expressed to the students what we hoped for them. We then invited them to express what they hoped for themselves and in the next generation. And day two, a majority um, lifted their hands and prayed for other students um, when asked about uh, it, what what was God doing in their life, or was God something doing something in their life during camp? Uh, day three, 12 students shared on the microphone what they felt the Lord was doing in their life, you know, um, something else to be celebrated. Day four, we had another eight share what they felt like the Lord was putting on their heart and what the Lord was doing in and through them at camp. In addition, um, we asked on day five, I'd say probably the majority uh, every hand in the uh, was raised in the room when I asked. I said, "Hey, is the Lord doing something in you uh, here at camp?" And, and everybody raised their hand. So, somebody and something I just want to kind of celebrate. Can we celebrate that just first off? Like, what an amazing thing! There's so much that goes into Camp 220 that God does, and so. I remember us just kind of ending this series. What is the Spirit saying to the church as well? It's definitely saying something to Declaration Youth. Amen? Amen. So real fast, I want to kind of give a little instruction. Um, we do what's called student testimony during student takeover. Uh, before you are running up to the mic here, which is going to be right here, we're going to form a line for those of you who want to share. Should you feel the Lord's leading you to, to say something? I would just kind of mention that if you are going to say something, just try to keep it brief so we can allow as many students as possible to line up. Um, but first, we are going to have Monica in Parker's testimony video. So check this out. Um, this week, I've just fully felt the presence of the Lord. It's not that I haven't the other times, but this week, really being able to seek that relationship and feel his presence and understand what he has planned for me has been very grateful and thankful. Um, to, so um, on Thursday, um, Mo came as I was worshiping. Um, I had a prayer team leader come up. Um, with me and she was like are you having a good time I said yeah and she gave me a hug and she was like Lord let my arms be your arms and as we're sitting there I just felt his presence and his love and she looks at me and she goes she, he just told me that you're my favorite and that just brought me to tears and just pure joyness in that moment oh man I never uh, I never personally had a miracle like this happen before I it's happened in my family with my brother but I just can't believe that I've like com committed to God at this point and I haven't I haven't gone out into the real world to actually like serve him yet but I'm looking forward to just spreading his gospel and doing all I can for him no matter how it feels because like I woke up one day and realized like this week I woke up out of bed and realized that if I stay quiet then I'm letting Satan win and that I cannot let him do that so no matter what the situation is or how I feel I'm gonna have to and I'm going to want to spread the gospel of God and just get other people to worship Him with me as well. Amen, amen. Well, students, you know, I love that your courage was so... I mean, if you didn't see our Facebook or our Instagram posts, um, we had, you know, 
tons and tons of our students who just come up and just shared what the Lord's been putting on their hearts. So if you want to come up, I want to at least leave a minute here just in case uh, anybody wants to come up. We are holding time for you during the service. And if not, we can play that last video here as soon as a minute ends. So the mic is yours, y'all. Church family, uh, it's been a, a pleasure to be at 220 this year. Uh, it was my first experience, and I've been coming to Declaration for four years, and John has been asking me here and there, hey, uh, really want you to try and, and you know visit us and, and have an opportunity to serve and lead. And uh, it just didn't work out, but it worked out this year. Uh, and how can I describe what I just saw this past week um, in Psalm 39, verse 9? kind of sums it up for me. It says, Lord, I'm left speechless, and I have no excuse, so I'll not complain any longer. Now I know you're the one who is behind it all. Um, you know, John <clears throat> told me a few months ago, he said, Camp 220 is going to wreck you. And, and as I started to honestly just digest that, I was like, you know, I, I'm selfishly, John, I'm not like, you know, spiritually destitute. So how can it wreck me? But when I got there, I understood why. Because it was about the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our students in a way that I just, I could not have ever fathomed. And it was so awesome to see. And I want to share one quick story. Uh, I had the opportunity to be team pastor, uh, which is, which is a really cool platform. And, and, uh, you know, the just having the opportunity to pour into the kids. Uh, and, and you know that when the kids get there, you understand in your groups, you, you can pick out and point out the ones who are really quiet, and you know that they're not going to be the ones that want to participate. But it's such a blessing to see that at the end of the week, how, how they come alive, how the Spirit, how the presence of the Lord just just allows them to come alive. I had one student come up to me, he hadn't talked all week, and I was, I was really prying and trying to get him to, you know, participate. And uh, he comes up to me the last night of worship. He says, Justin, he says, I don't know how to hear from the Lord. I can't distinguish the Lord's voice from, you know, from my voice. And I, I said, brother, so that's a good place to be. In Jeremiah 33, it says, call unto me all those, uh, excuse me, it says, call unto me, and I will show you things that you do not know. And I said, brother, all you have to do is have that position to want to call out to him, and he's going to show you the rest. He came up to me after, uh, excuse me, the next morning, and he said, not only did the Lord show me one thing, he showed me multiple things. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, John talks about us uh, being a part of the story, but not a point, not the point of the story. And, and that really manifested in my life this week. That, you know, we do play a part, but we are not the point. So it was a blessing. Um, hey, you know, students, if, if this is something, we're not asking you to speak five, ten minutes long. If you just want to give, hey, this is, my name's so-and-so, and, and this is what God did to my life at Camp 220. Maybe a moment, maybe a, a certain feeling that you had. that Maybe you feel recharged, refreshed. That's all we're asking. So let me give you here about... 45 more seconds if anybody wants to come up. There we go. Come on, Rick.
Um, I had never felt like like I heard from God, and like I wasn't like a bad person, but like you know, good people don't go to heaven, and I felt like I knew that it's God's people that go to heaven. So I was like, I was like worshiping, and I didn't like I, I wasn't hearing from God, and I never really have like on like a real level, and so. I went back to Ray, and I told Ray, and he just sat there, and he put his uh, arm around me, and I just felt like uh, like I was being weighed down, and I dropped to my knees, and I just started bawling and bawling and bawling, and, like, I left the room, and, like, it just stopped, and I was like, I wonder what's going on, and I came back, opened the door, started bawling again. I really didn't know, and it was like, I just, like, I heard from God, and I, like, felt God. He was like, he wanted to be my friend, and he wanted, like, a relationship with me, so, yeah, that's what I took out of it. Okay, um, so, oh gosh, there's a lot of people here. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget, so just bear with me here. So um, this was my second year at 220, and um, I went into it like expecting the Lord to really just move, and um, the first couple of days... I'm just going to be really vulnerable and honest with you. I was frustrated because I couldn't feel the Lord. And so um, I I felt like I was missing out because I could tell he was there during worship and I could tell he was moving, but I didn't feel it myself. And so I was talking with um, some people during afternoon worship and they told me that even if I don't ever feel him again, will I still worship him? And my answer was yes. And so I went back into worship and I worshiped him like I could feel him. And I worshiped him because he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not because I wanted a feeling. And, um, come Thursday night, I'm not even gonna use my phone. It's fine. I'm just gonna wing it. Um, come Thursday night, I, um, some of you know this, some of you don't, I like to dance for the Lord during worship and I hadn't done it all week. And I got this picture of um, me dancing, and in the center of me was this, like, light, and it was dancing with me. And I was like, okay, I, I know I need to dance for you, but I just, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what song, like, just give me a sign. And the very first song that I ever danced to was All Hail King Jesus. And they started playing that song, and I knew immediately what I needed to do. And honestly, when I started dancing, I felt so much joy, so much peace, and by the end of the week, I knew it wasn't about a feeling. I had was talking with a prayer partner, and I was like, I'm frustrated because I, I can't feel him, and there were some lies that I was believing that I had to repent of, and after that, I sat in his presence, and I couldn't feel him, but I knew he was there, and it's not about a feeling. It's really just about him. And so I sat there. I didn't talk. I didn't do anything. I just listened and I soaked it up. And it was so amazing. And I felt true joy and true peace. And all of the anxiety that I've been carrying just kind of like fell away. And honestly, it was definitely worth it because it's not about us. It's about him. And so if we're worshiping we need to be worshiping for him and we need to not care about what other people think 
And I feel like I'm forgetting something. too tall for this. I'm going to take it out. All right. Um, some of y'all might know me. I'm Miss Jessica or Miss Pickles for the younger crowd. Um, remember, you can only call me that if you're nice to me. Um, this is my first 220, as you can tell. My voice, I was there. If you don't lose your voice, you weren't really there. Um, one of my good friends, Miss Hannah, has been there multiple times, and she said, you're going to love it, and it's going to be crazy, and it's going to be awful. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go. That sounds awful. <laughs> But you know what? I was able to witness so many of the high school, junior high, and even kids that I've taught in 5-6 be able to worship God. And I've never, and I've been in ministry like with youth groups, young kids for a long time, and this church knows how to worship. And this church knows how to love God and love others. And I'm just so grateful to be here. And I can't say enough that I'm so grateful for our prayer team and our pastors and the fact that they have poured into us just as much as we have poured into these kids. And I love each and every one of our kids, and I'm so proud of them. There were nights where they asked us to be silent when we walked into worship, and they were. <laughs> Blew my mind <laughs> that they listened because <laughs> that doesn't always happen. And I was just so extremely proud of them, even at the youngest one, one of my younger ones. Like, I watched them just worship and love God and pray for other people. That's unheard of. Like, we are so blessed to have this instilled in us at a young age. And I'm so proud of you guys. And I love you, even if I'm mean to you. Um, it's only because I love you. And, you know, God has worked a really good work in me through some really, really hard, hard week. You know, Hannah knows I woke up on Wednesday morning, my eyes were completely puffed up, and I was like, I don't know if this is just because I've been crying for like four hours straight or whatever, but, you know, God is working good things for us, and I'm just so grateful we got to go and experience this. So thank you so much. Put this back. Hi, um, well, there is a lot of people here. Um, so, uh, Wednesday night, the guy on stage, I don't know who was talking, I had my head down, but he said, let go of all of your anger and frustration, and I did, and recently, um, about a month ago, um, I had a lot of friends who kind of just treated me like I was their peasant and eventually they just kind of left me in the dirt so he the guy on stage said let go of all your anger and frustration give it to God and I did and um for a month I was I was like oh no this is fine I don't care they're they're not good friends I'm not gonna cry over them and I did and I didn't realize how much I was hurt until I let it all go so I, when I let it all go, um, this girl came up to me and she was like, can I pray for you? And I had my head between my knees and um, uh, I looked up 
and there was like snot and tears and mascara all over my face. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so she did. And after that, I felt so much better. I feel like a brand new person now. And I think what I learned is that um, God has let me learn how much I'm worth and he can, and he let me, <laughs> he encouraged me to let other people know how much I'm worth. And because for a long time, um, if one of my friends like did something I didn't like, I would be like, no, it's fine. It's okay. You know, it's not okay. So um, that happened for a very long time. And um, <sighs> so, yeah, I feel like a brand new person. And I can't wait to go back to school. And they'll be like, ooh, look at Emma, you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anybody else? All right. <laughs> um, I just wanted to give some encouragement because this week has been great. I mean, for me, it was my fifth year going to 220, first year on crew. Um, I this entire like week and a half I've the Lord has taken me and stretched me as far as he could like in so many different directions um he's I I've been in situations that normally I would have been so angry at but I've just found peace and joy in it and he's just there's so many things that he's changed and so I know like if you went to camp and I know students you went to camp because you're wearing those shirts I see you I, I can point you out in the crowd because I see you. I know you experienced something. There's, it doesn't matter if it was something small in mini school or if it was the biggest thing you've ever experienced. There is something to share, and the Lord wants you to share it. It doesn't matter how small or big it is. He wants you to share it because I learned last year after sharing my testimony, which I thought was something super small because it wasn't something super crazy. There were several people that came up to me and were touched by my testimony. It could be the Lord taught me that I wasn't supposed to be angry at literally everything in the world anymore, and it could touch someone's heart. So it's just encouragement that what you have to say matters, and the Lord wants you to share it. Um, so my name's Ryan, and... Uh, Hello, Ryan. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So I went to 220 not even planning to go. I went like, I signed up like two days before on the last service that we're here. And I had just served at a different um, camp at Woodlands Church. And I wasn't even thinking God could do much more in my life. Like, I was like, oh, I just served there. And I was like, what more can God do right now? And I signed up for crew, which if you know what crew is, you have to be like, this person that's like very outgoing and like hyping up the kids, getting them into camp. And um, I'm not that person at all. <laughs> so I, I went in not knowing exactly what it was. And John just said it was going to be probably the better option of the two. I would like it more and I would grow more in that um, spot. So I went into crew and uh, just not really knowing exactly what I was getting myself into. But then... Um, 
I was more going in the flesh, kind of trying to do it all on my own. And what I started to learn was I can't do it on my own and just giving it to God and having myself like walk in the spirit and not the flesh. And um, when I did, when I decided to start trying to do that and praying to God and getting in my alone time and just putting myself in my spirit and not trying to do it all alone, um, I would get into conversations with people that I never thought I would get into conversations with. And I'd have prayers answered from like years ago that I'd been waiting for like the answers. And it was crazy and like wounds that were healed that I didn't think was going to get healed, you know. So it was just crazy to see God work in that way. And um, I feel like I'm really stepping into his calling now um, for me to be a pastor one day. Right. Oh, yeah. All right, speak now. And don't forever hold your peace, because we need you to speak. Anybody else? Mark? Good morning. Um, you know, my son and my daughter, they're the ones that said, hey, you need to come to 220. Um, you, you're going to experience something that is just completely unbelievable. And I was like, okay, let, let's go to 220. Let's, you know, I, I was, I knew where my faith was. Um, or I thought I did. Um, people that know me know that I always have my catchphrases and I always say things that, you know, like all in. I'm, hey, I'm, whatever it is, I'm all in, you know. So I told them. You know, hey, okay, we're going to go to 220. I'm all in. Um, then a song came on. Um, the song was calling, calling. I'm all in. I'm all in. And then I realized, you know what? I was using that phrase wrong because I was using that phrase as I'm all in for scouts. I'm all in for work. I'm all in for my family. I'm all in for everything except for the Lord. Um, I can't use that uh, that call that 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 anymore unless I'm saying I'm all in for the Lord. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, I was like, this is all about the kids, you know, and I was this group, a uh, small group leader, and we had a really, really, really quiet group. But there was one little boy that, he tore me, he tore me apart. And uh, he sat there, he didn't know the Lord at all. And most of the time he was asleep during worship, but I sat there and I just kept watching him. I kept, you know, I was there for him. If he needed to talk and he wouldn't talk, he wouldn't talk. Um, cried for him so many times. Didn't know why. Not from our church, from somewhere else. Um, and then Friday came along. Last day. Last day of worship. And he's sitting there just like he always had. And then second to the last song, all of a sudden you saw his feet start bouncing, sitting on the edge of his chair. 
I was like, this is a major win. (laughs) And then the last song, he stands up and he is actually swaying back and forth to that worship song. So it's amazing to watch this. Um, If you haven't been to 220, this was my first 220. If you haven't been to 220, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. You younger kids, the fifth year, sixth graders, clear your schedule. I'm telling you, parents, if you haven't been there, clear your schedule. Go. Um, it is going to move you like you wouldn't ever, you, you won't believe. Thank you. Amen, amen. All right. Well, I just wanted to get into a quick message. The title of my message today is Why Church? I think often when we go to camp and we have these experiences where the Lord is really moving in our lives and we feel that charge and we feel that energy and we feel that passion come to us and and we're so excited, often sometimes we don't we don't understand the, the value of the plan of action that follows, right? To continue to be faithful to the Lord. And so why church? I had a couple of quotes. Um, one from C.S. Lewis said this, the perfect church service would be the one we were almost unaware of. Our attention ha- would have been on God. Rick Warren said this. He said, he created the church to meet your five deepest needs, a purpose to live for, a purpose uh, of people to live with, principles to live by, a profession to live out, and a power to live on. And there is no other place on earth where you can find all five of these benefits in one place. And, And Dwight L. Moody said, the difference between listening to a radio sermon and going to church is almost like the difference between calling your girl on the phone and spending an evening with her. <laughs> right? We, don't, we want to remember the why behind church, what it is our mission is. And right now I would say that we, we are a divided nation when it comes to church. Um, that, that the enemy has definitely positioned our culture and our, and our nation away from, from being faithful and, and to coming consistently and being together. And so I just kind of want to unpack that. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 6. And while you're turning there, I just kind of want to unpack the background real fast uh, of what's going on. So with, with Paul's imprisonment, uh, he was in prison quite a bit, right? He was uh, an apostle, if you don't know who Paul is, and he would preach the gospel. And he was actually against the gospel at the beginning of his story, his testimony, like, like we all are in a way, in our natural tendencies, we, we posture ourselves for our own wants over what the Lord wants for over our lives. And so anyways, the letter... Of, of Colossians, uh, the church of the city of Colossae is written to a group of people that Paul had never met, and, and the church community that he did not start, and he was working hand in hand um, with a guy named Epaphras, and it's, he's reporting to Paul the wellness of the church, and the theme of it is, is that they're under pressure from cultural norms, and I would say that's kind of where we are. Uh, in which tempting the believers to turn away from the faith. And not only is it cultural norms, it's, it's actually two different groups. And so I just kind of real quick want to unpack that. Um, if you understand the role of Paul, uh, the disciples, right, carried forth and started building the churches, right? But I think Paul spoke to the dysfunction of the churches, uh, he, he tried to unpack the, the, you know, the, the issues at hand that were dysfunctional for each church. And so if you go to the New Testament and you look at the, the letters of Paul where he's addressing each church, uh, be thinking about that. Be thinking about how we also needed Paul. There was even a moment 
where Paul uh, rebukes Peter. Peter, the Peter, right, who was a disciple of Jesus, who, who walked hand in hand with Jesus, um, who, who still struggled uh, putting off the old mentality of the Old Testament, the persona of only favoring the Jewish people. And so uh, it's actually recorded in Galatians chapter 2. But Paul explains four things in this passage, who Jesus is and what authority he has over our lives. Um, he also uh, celebrates the church and what they do well. Um, and then on top of that, he, uh, he, re- he refers to his attitude and suffering. I think probably to take away back in, in those times, there was a lot of persecution, violence. And so I think that Paul, what he did was he actually took away the victim card away from them by saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm in prison. I'm speaking from a place of suffering too, just so you know. Maybe a little bit more than you right now is what he would say. And so um, the third thing that he said is uh, he, he would speak to the cultural pressures. Uh, one was mystical polytheism. Jesus uh, is, is just one of the gods. So just my own language of how I would define that is Jesus is just one of the gods to worship. Like we're going to mix it with everything that we hold comfort in and, and honor in and adoration in, and, and which is the temptation to put God in a category that's just a, a part or a piece of our lives if we're going to modernize that today, right? Um, so the example of that would be I'm a fan of Jesus, not necessarily a follower of Jesus. I'm a fan of Jesus. I'm a fan of his love. I'm a fan of him being sacrificial for me. I'm, I'm willing to like Jesus, but I'm, I'm really not willing to let Jesus be the Lord of my life. And so, you know, I grew up in a home where I would say um, I was kind of on the opposite spectrum. I think we we, we grew up in a very Christian home. My, my family were the family serving quite a bit. They were They were there every week, you know. Um, they, they, they were faithful in that regard, but I think that sometimes we also relied on self-reliance, uh, self-authoring in a way of self-sufficiency, um, and, and not that that's a bad thing because it's good to have a hard work that, that can honor the Lord, but if you're doing it in a way that brings attention to yourself, that's not good, and that, that is what I struggled with personally growing up. And so, um, But one thing I would say is that we all have the ability uh, to if we had the ability to record everything, what would it be about the, every chapter of our life? What would it be that would be consuming most of our time? Would it be TV? Would it be Facebook? Would it be Instagram? Would it be texting friends? What are the other gods in our lives that are bringing us comfort and that we're just kind of mixing Jesus with, so to speak? So if you have an iPhone, how many have an iPhone in the room? Yeah, much better uh, than everything else, just so you know. Um, Anyways, uh, I just find it interesting that the iPhone actually has a feature that allows you to see the daily report of everything that you've done and how much time you've used your phone, which is kind of a bad thing. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. It's going to challenge you. If you turn that thing on, it'll tell you seven hours of use. And you're like, I don't think so. You know, you get into a little self-denial, right? I don't think I did that today, but you know. Um, I, I just would challenge you, you know, if you find that you struggle to get away from the busyness of life or the comfort of the stimulation of social media, hey, turn that little function on. That'll help you out real quick, just so you know. And the Lord will just convict you further from there. So, you know, hey, I'm there too. So um, just preaching to myself as well. So the second issue um, and the second group of people, so the first was the mystical polytheism, right? Uh, let's mix things together with God. Um, and then the second was is that the Jews, the Christian Jews, wanted to stick to the Old Testament adherents, right? 
hey, let's keep following the Torah, the 613 laws, and that'll, that'll complete your commitment to the Messiah. Uh, where Jesus, right, wasn't about, he was about reminding us about what it was all about. It wasn't about these extra things. So my youth pastor did a great job painting this for me. Um, he, would, he would say, he goes, this is what God's word, God did at the beginning, right? He put Adam and Eve in the center of the Garden of Eden, and then he, he drew a boundary. Here's where you, you don't want to violate me, you know, our relationship. And when the, the relationship was violated, then the Ten Commandments came, right? And when the Ten Commandments were violated to the point where, um, <clears throat> where the, the children of Israel uh, had become complacent and, and had, had neglected their time with the Lord, then it became the Torah, right? The 613 laws. And so um, G, and what happened is more dysfunction developed and people more got about the outward appearance rather than the inside. Even Jesus was recorded rebuking the religious leaders, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, right? Rebuking them that, hey, you clean the outside of the cup, but you're dead inside, and so in order to complete your commitment to the Messiah, you have to keep following all these commitments and all these things, and you have to present yourself in such a way, and you have to look a certain way, and you have to dress a certain way, you know, and, and I feel like the chosen does a good job of like that tension of the Pharisees, like visualizing that, showing that when people would come into a room and like, what is that made of? What is that thing you're wearing made of? Go ahead and take it off immediately, Right. And so something I just want to remember is that because the Jewish were under the Roman rule, they were oppressed um, during Jesus' times. And so the temptation to hold control of their people was stronger. Even when you are suffering, the enemy wants to move in and provide you into a dysfunctional state. He wants to keep you in your pain. When, you, when you've suffered the trauma, he wants to allow you to stay there so that you hit this cycle of being fine and not being fine, being fine and not being fine. And that played out in camp very, very, very much. We had quite a few students who were, were struggling through a trauma event, and that just kept happening over and over and over again. And, and the Lord was moving through that, and I'll get into a little bit more about that later without sharing who that was, because it's just an awesome testimony that when, when, we are, when we don't give things over to the Lord, we just continually live into a cycle of dysfunction. How many times when we take justice into our own hands from the Lord and make even bigger mess, right? We just, we just make a bigger mess when we take it into our own hands than giving it over to the Lord. You know, we live in a culture that's always trying to identify everyone's victim card, victimhood, and like weaponizing it against one another. Would you, wouldn't you agree? I feel like that's where we are. And so, you know, maybe we are, we are doing things, we are self-authoring our justice. We are being self-sufficient. We are being over-strategic. Maybe we are, we are being overly tactical. When, when the church has been overly tactical, I felt like we've, we've also given a bad taste in people's mouth about who, who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to walk instead of trusting Jesus, instead of trusting the Holy Spirit to move in people's lives and just simply being facilitators of Christ. And yes, we want to hold to a certain standard, but I would just encourage us to think about that, that, that sometimes when we bleed as believers, when we are uncomfortable as believers, that, that God shines through those moments, right? That was definitely at camp. And so Matthew six fourteen, if you know the following, if you know the after effect of... Um, 
of Matthew 6, 14, it, 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 it's basically following the Lord's prayer. And it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others in their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And forgiveness is the greatest weapon against injustice. And it's the only way to fight your trauma with favor for the Lord. And so let's not harbor these feelings of anger Right? Let's not continue to carry that through our lives. Let's allow the Lord to take that and heal that and be willing to do the hard work of saying every day, Lord, I forgive them. Is that the, really the, some of the final words of Jesus? Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Colossians chapter 2, back to Paul. I'm going to read this really fast. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him having forgiven all trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside in nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them in open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are the shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments and grows with a growth that is from God. If I can just pause real quick, that in verse 19, I feel like that, 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 that speaks to our team at Camp 220, the body of Christ playing out. We had the intercession team. We had the camp staff. We had the crew team. We had our youth leaders. We had students literally stepping up in leadership and trying to encourage each other. And that was playing out in Scripture. Verse 20, if, you, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you not submit to regulations? Do not haste, do, or do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to the things that all perish as they were, according to the human precepts and teachings, these have indeed the appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, or self-authoring and asceticism. And the severity to the body, but they are of no longer no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. We can't be overly strategic and think that we can outsmart sin on our own. So the background on Colossians, we've read through that, we understand what that means. We 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 understand what he was speaking to in those those certain aspects. But I also want us to read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. 
Because something I want us to remember is that we're, we're, we say this phrase sometimes in youth, we are better together. Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. The author is, is actually part of uh, different translations. The word author is, is, is pushed there. For the joy that lay before him and he endured in the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners and against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. You know, there was a, there was a sermon story illustration that I was looking up and I had heard and I just, I felt like it just kind of lingered for months and I, I wanted to share it with you today. Um, you know, a member of a certain church who previously had been attending services regularly stopped going and after a few weeks the preacher decided to visit him. And it was a chilly evening. The pastor found that the man was at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire, and, and guessing the reason for the preachers is that the man welcomed him and led him into a comfortable chair near the fireplace and waited. The preacher made himself at home and but said nothing. In the grave silence, he contemplated the dance of the flames around the burning logs, and after some minutes, the preacher took the fire tongs and picked up a coal and placed it to the side and just sat down, and they both began to watch. And the coal began to slightly die from its, its glowing form. And not a word was spoken since the initial greeting. So the preacher glanced at his watch and realized it was time to leave. He slowly stood up, picked up the cold dead ember and placed it back in the middle and it reignited again. And as the preacher reached the door to leave, his host said in an emotional tone, thank you so much for your visit and especially for the fiery sermon, and I'll be back at church on Sunday. <laughs> what philosophy, uh, philosophies might take us captive and keep us from seeing Christ in our church, right? For Paul and the Colossians, the rulers and the authorities were Rome and Israel, right? They were the two powers that conspired to, to murder Jesus, to put him to death in an effort to hold on to their authority over the people. But that authority was never theirs to have. And the resurrection of Jesus only amplifies the truth. Christ breaks the last hold that the powers had over his people by dying on their behalf. And he now welcomes them into a new family in which the ways of the old world, its behavior, its distinctions of race and class and, and sex, its blind obedience to the forces of politics, economics, prejudice, and superstition have become quite simply put out of date. Can I just lead us in a quick prayer real fast? And I just, something I want to just say, I just feel like the theme of forgiveness, even with our students talking about things that they need to uh, to, to forgive somebody about, and I want to lead us in just a couple of points of prayers of forgiveness. And if you just want to agree with me as we go on, I'm praying this for myself. I've, I've fallen short of this as well. So let's just, let's be humble together, shall we? Lord, will you please forgive us when we have relied on uh, our pastors to live out our own spiritual health uh, instead of just being faithful to you versus just a weekend plug into your word. Uh, will you please forgive us 
when we allowed other comforts and entertainments to quiet the stress of our life and our negative news? Will you forgive us when we've allowed political power to give us security when we should have known it should have been relied on you? Will you forgive us when we have added to your word or relied on self-recognition for what we do for you? Will you forgive us when we have placed our faithful consistency with self-expression or preferences? Will you please forgive us when we have made our attitude only faithful to you based upon the song choice that is present? Will you please forgive us when we have simply lived the lifestyle, saying the things that you have given us, our family, our friends, our church, our house, our jobs, are simply not enough? And will you forgive us when we have been faithful to recognize, uh, when we have not been faithful to recognize your goodness around us, even when it's not impacting necessarily us for the moment? Lord, and will you forgive me, Jordan Trapp, when I haven't lived up to my commitment to those things? Something I want to do is, I want to just encourage us, um, you know, if you're here today and maybe you feel like through the testimonies of the students or maybe you've heard, maybe you're feeling reminded of what faith used to be with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're like that coal, right, that feels disconnected or not providing warmth around to those closest to you with your faith. Maybe it feels stale, cold, or even maybe lifeless, and you're feeling like you need to confess that before the Lord. Maybe your frequency and spending time alone with the Lord isn't there, or maybe your time here at church is at best spar, uh, sparse. And you want to give devotion back by spending time and celebrating the Lord in your life again. I just want you to know, hear my heart, church. I'm not, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just giving you an opportunity to reconnect and reprioritize the Lord. You know, maybe some decisions need to be made and some things on the counter need to be moved or removed. Would you just be honest? If We're all human beings here. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. If that's you today, you're just saying, hey, I just, I just got to put things back in place that need to be there. Uh, will you pray for me and pray for my, our family? Will you just slip a hand up real fast just as a way of saying, yeah, I see your hand, I see your hand. It's just a way to say, yeah, I, I, need, to, I need, Lord, this, this is my confession. This is what I need to do. And I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. The Lord honors that. The Lord honors our humility. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know, maybe you're here and you feel indifferent to admit that you're harboring some unforgiveness against someone. And you can't seem to be able to wish them well or hope that they get better or good might even happen to them. Like, we can't even fathom that because we're so angry at them. We have all been there. Will you just lift a hand as a sign of confession so that we can let go of fighting for our own worth? Yeah, I see your hand in the back, sir. I see you. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see, I see you on the back row there. I see you up here. I think that the Lord is, is, is moving in this place. And just so you know, if you are harboring unforgiveness, like Scripture says, we fall out of the favor of God. 
when we can't forgive others because he has paid for our debts and he's paid for our own mistakes. And so just one more time, I just, I, I'm not trying to embarrass you, I promise. If you've been harboring some unforgiveness, will you just slip up a hand and saying, Lord, I, I, I want to repent of that. I repent of this thing and I'm ready to start living. I see, I see more hands. I see you there in the middle. I see you there on the left. Maybe this whole Jesus thing is new to you, but after hearing these testimonies or heard something today that just seemed to speak an undeniable truth, maybe you're feeling what we call as a God pull. You feel that the Lord is pulling on you, saying, this is you, this is you, this is you. You know, maybe you feel in a sense that, hey, I'm not a Christian, but I feel like like maybe I need to be or maybe I want to be. Would you just slip up a hand, not trying to embarrass you, all over this place saying, hey, I'm ready to see the Lord today, what he has for me for the first time. Anybody in the room? Yeah, I, I see you in the back. I see you in the back. I see, I see all three of you. I see you. The Lord sees you. And just so you know, the Lord is celebrating you in heaven right now. Anybody else? Anybody else ready to give their heart to the Lord? I see you, sir, in the back. Praise God, we had four people just get saved just now. Can we just celebrate them, honor them? If you are here, we want to just kind of open up an opportunity. And uh, if you're needing prayer and intercession, please know that like there was a moment at camp where I had to go to our prayer team. Because there was just uh, there was a situation, uh, and there was there were there were some people who had gone some through some traumatic events, and they were they were having a really hard time being present at camp, and just all those things were coming to the surface again, and they were uncomfortable and angry, and they were definitely taking it out on our leaders. But I had gotten to the point where I said, "Okay, I need a confrontation," and uh, and I got a text message, and I walked outside, and I just said, "Lord, I." I just gotta give it over to you. I can't do this all on my own, Lord. I'm empty. I'm I'm out of gas, and I need you to help me through this, so that I can be fully present for these students. And I walked back in, and uh, somebody came and said, "Hey, Jordan, they're at, they're at the front. They're in the front, and they're." Uh, there's there's some people down there, so just go down there and figure out who it is. And I'm not expecting anything. I'm just going. I'm saying, Lord, I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to pray for these students, love on them as best as I can in this moment. And sure enough, those people who had been harboring unforgiveness, not only did they give their life to the Lord, but they they vocalized forgiveness of their dad, who's in jail for the things that he had done to them. It was just a powerful moment because I came to the intercession team afterward and I prayed with them and it was, it was hard for them. And I know it's been hard for you to sit through this sermon. But one of the beautiful things is, is that the Lord, when we are broken and we are empty, we know that we can't do it without him is when he truly shines through us. And I went to the intercession team and I, just, I said, I had literally told him, I was like, I need you to pray for these people. And we all got to celebrate together the body of Christ, celebrating a win in students' lives.
saying that everything that we've done, we went to bed so late. <laughs> and we, by the way, we know which students of y'all are our are problem child. No, no, we're just kidding. Uh, but God really showed up in a profound way. And so I just, I just want to say, no shame. Prayer is powerful. I, I had to rely on prayer in that moment. I had to ask our intercession team to intercede and bear the burden of what, what camp is sometimes to a youth pastor. And tried to stretch myself even further, as Nathan was saying. And so if you're needing prayer, if you, if you just need someone saying, hey, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to forgive this person. I don't know how to walk through this uh, this." this commitment to the Lord. I don't know how to do these things that I feel like I've been challenged with today. Will you just pray for me? There, There's a group here on the left. Uh, pastors, if you want to support that as well um, and make your way in that direction. Um, students, those of you who are leading, you feel like your life is in a great place and you want to pray for a student, please do. Um, let's just, as the band plays, will you just let someone bear your burden? We're going to spend some time in prayer, and then when we come back, we're going to allow uh, one more student who really wants to share something for the Lord. I know that we've kept you. Please let a student speak into our lives and encourage us with patience. So, Hey, thank you so much for checking us out online today. If you need to make a decision about the next steps in your faith journey with Jesus, text CONNECT to 43000. And if you took the first step in your faith journey today by saying yes to Jesus, we want to know about it, and we want to walk with you. So text Jesus to 43,000. There you will find some resources and a message from Pastor John. There are so many ways to connect to Declaration. Check out declaration.org to find out more about who we are. Before we go, let's say our declaration together. Because of what the gospel has done in and to us, our lives exist to help people encounter and follow Jesus. We will devote ourselves to his word, his presence, and his people. We desire authenticity, intimacy, a heart of service, and to see his kingdom come. We are for Jesus and for people. Hey, have a great week. We're so glad you joined us. Bye for now.